Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. It's the holiday season. Part of the holiday season means Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. The pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And don't forget about Brewers Outlet gift cards. That goes over really, really well. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. It's still November. You can make it in November to remember. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Cowboys Saints last night. Dallas won it. Our play-by-play call today. Breeze back under pressure. The ball's intercepted. Jordan Lewis at the 22. Jordan Lewis intercepted Drew Breeze and returned the ball to the 17. The first Cowboy takeaway of the night. Brad Sham with a call on the Cowboys radio network. Last night, Jordan Lewis, formerly of Michigan, big interception off Drew Brees. They pressured Brees up the middle last night. This is the Tom Brady formula. They were able to get pressure up in the face of Drew Brees straight ahead because at six feet tall, he has been brilliant over the years at stepping up in the pocket to create a throwing lane and then make brilliant throws. He couldn't step up last night to make those throws. Couldn't do it. Great job of the Cowboys last night. Their defense has been outstanding. Dak Prescott did hit 17 passes in a row at one point, but their defense ruled the night. All right, speaking of defense, after watching the Big 12, is defense dead? With that, we bring in ESPN's Ivan Maisel, one of the absolute best in the country, someone I have deep respect for. Ivan, welcome. It's great to have you back on the show. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Doing really well, thanks. I have to talk about, you know, I want to start out with the article you wrote about the weekend the defense died in college football after the West Virginia-Oklahoma game and also LSU-Texas A&M. Uh, old friend of mine, Tom Bradley, when he took the UCLA defensive coordinator's job a few years ago, I said to him, I said, you know what your job is? He said, what's that? I said, to get one additional stop each half. Is that about where we are now when you hire a defensive coordinator? Can they get you an additional stop each half? It, it feels like that, doesn't it? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you have your defenses at, at the top of the food chain, you know, the, the Alabamas and the Clemsons, uh, but it's almost as if they are uh, freak shows compared to what everybody else has. You know, it, it just feels... Like something has happened, like somebody flipped a switch in the game. And uh, I was struck by the reaction to what I wrote. You know, most, a lot of it was, you know, people telling me, you know, stop yelling, get off my lawn, which, you know, I, I get that. Uh, <laughs> but, 
there are, you know, I think young people like, you know, that the the fifty two fifty one game, and and I can't stand them. So you know, maybe that's all it is. It's just you know well, experience and age. No, I don't. I don't know about that because uh, I obviously I work with Jack Ham on the Penn State broadcast. And the two of us have felt the same. There was a game between Baylor and, and TCU a few years ago where uh, Baylor won 62-59. And we're hanging in the hotel and, you know, watching the game. We find it unwatchable. I found, yeah. I found West Virginia-Oklahoma unwatchable. I actually flipped over to yeah. Washington-Washington State. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I covered West Virginia 70, Baylor 63. And, oh. and I, I was, that was pretty much my reaction. Yeah, it was awful. You know, if you have dessert for every meal, pretty soon you get sick of dessert. I mean, you know, what makes touchdowns fun should be that they're hard to get. You know, that you have to earn them. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about that. You, you have to earn it. What What strikes me, obviously, you've been in a lot of you. Know, you watch firsthand some of this. Have you observed the defensive players when they leave the field? For example, in a Big Twelve game, none of them seem mad. <laughs> I mean, in other words, shouldn't you be yeah. ticked off that you just gave up a touchdown? They all like that's ah, okay. The offense will get it back. Yeah, no, that's a great point, and and it, a lot of this is what you know the up tempo spread has wrought, uh, and, and it's a lot of it is, is simple math that you can't leave defensive players on the field for eighty five to ninety five plays a game and expect them to to be able to perform well. Uh, but that's a lot of what, you know, we're asking these defenses to do. And it just uh, – I, I keep waiting for the football rules committee to step in and, and restore some balance to the game. And, you know, they did uh, instruct the officials to, you know, not allow a snap until the defense has had time to make substitutions if the offense does, and, and that helped a lot. But it it still feels like the game has tilted too heavily to offense for me, anyway. Uh, yeah, because uh, football should still have a mix where where defense and special teams makes an impact in the game. I totally agree with you about that. Now let's do something by the numbers here, and I'll take your numbers from your article. Dave Aranda, two point five million. Texas A and M's Mike Elko, checking in at one point eight million. Don Brown at Michigan one point four million. So that comes out to what? Uh, uh, five point or six point two million or something like that, some number like that, dollars with the yeah. defensive coordinators. That six million dollars of defensive coordinators uh, gave up a combined two hundred six points over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and you know, let's all recognize that the points come cheaply in overtimes. But yes, that's true. You know, however, and, and that was seven overtimes in that 74 to 72 game, but you at least wanted somebody to slow somebody down in the overtime. And, and that happened once out of 14 possessions. And it was the first possession. So, uh, I, I, I don't know. It, it bothers me. You know, if you listen to, uh, I've asked Nick Saban about it and, and he rails basically the one that allows you know, offensive linemen to go three yards down the field, uh, which is, you know, was passed for the 09 season, which was the first year that Chip Kelly was at Oregon and, and introduced the up-tempo spread to the mainstream. So I think, you know, those things are hand-in-hand. Hand. And Pat Fitzgerald made the same comment uh, or a similar comment about the three yards down the field. You know, defenses 
aren't able to use one of their key bellwethers as to whether a play is a run or a pass. So they don't know what to do. And uh, I think somehow the rules committee needs to step in, and, and there's been absolutely no interest from them in doing so. All right, so now let's get to the next part. Is it any coincidence that one national champion after another here in in recent years all have been very good defensive teams? Well, no, and, and that's a great point because that's always been the case. Yep. You've always had to play defense to win. And, you know, uh, I mean, and this is a great example. It will be painful for your listeners to hear, but, you know, what what was the defining game certainly of, of my teenage years, Alabama 14, Penn State 7. That's right. Was anybody complaining because they didn't score enough? Uh, it's considered one of the great games of all time, and the tension of that goal line stand is, has become uh, a historical touchstone of a game. And it, it, you know, there's, a, there's obviously uh, a place for defense, and it's usually the place of the teams at the top. You also wrote an article about Mac Brown returning to North Carolina. Uh, Mac's been out of the game for five years, just like uh, Herm Edwards had been out of the game for several years before taking the Arizona State job. A, what did you think of the hire of Mac Brown at North Carolina? And you say that in some ways history works against him. What history will work against him here? Well, I went back and looked, and God love Wikipedia, you know, rather than <laughs> me having to dig up a list myself. They had a list of all the coaches in the history of college football that have gone back to a school. Uh, and uh, I, I just kind of stuck to the modern era and looked at four guys in the Hall of Fame, Chris Alt at Nevada, John Robinson at USC, Bill Snyder at K-State, Johnny Majors at Pitt. And all of them on their last trip were not as effective as on previous trips. Uh you know, so is that age? Is that you know, who knows? Who knows what the reason is? But and I specifically just said, you know, we can't make any judgments about Mac from this list. But it's instructive in the sense that it's hard to do. And you know, I think North Carolina, you know, wanted Mac's ability to sell. You know, they've won five games in the last two years. They want Mac's ability to run a clean program uh, he, he's a great ambassador for whatever school he's coaching for uh, terrific guy you know I, I've known Mac a long time and liked him uh, you know but are you getting the Mac Brown that, that coached in Texas and from you know up to 2009 or are you getting the guy that coached four years after that and that's what we Either one would be an improvement for the Tar Heels, <laughs> but I guess that that's the big question. I have to ask you a big picture. Now you mentioned Alabama, Penn State, and in, '78 in the Sugar Bowl, and that was able to happen because Penn State was an independent, and they could yep. they had the ability to then play Alabama in the Sugar Bowl in that game one versus two. That's about the only way it was able to happen for a long time. Then we had the BCS. Now we have four. Are you comfortable with four right now? Because you know financially people are going to start talking about eight. I love four. Uh, Four, I think, was brilliant because winning a conference championship is not sufficient to get into the playoff. 
that's how hard it is to do. Right. I mean, and, and yeah, you don't have to win a conference championship in order to get in the playoff, but you got to be better than that. You got to be the four best teams, and there's five power conferences. So the, the tension involved in that, I think, is is wonderful, and and I think the game has become more popular because of it. You know, would we enjoy if there were eight and you got all power fives and the best group of five champion and two outlaws? Yeah, it'd be fine. I just think that there's, uh, uh, I, I just think this has worked out really well. You know, a lot of that is due to the credibility that we've all assigned the committee. The committee has done a good job the first four years in selecting the playoff. And, you know, we, we don't have the, you know, the, everybody whining about the BCS selectors and, and the system and the computer rankings, which drove me nuts. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every other sport in the NCAA has a committee tickets postseason. You know, why, why couldn't we do that in football? And we're doing it and it's working well. Yeah. You know, the, I think four is fine. Ivan, absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it and always enjoy your work very, very much. Anytime, Steve. Thanks a lot. Ivan Mazel, ESPN. He literally is, to me, one of the best in the business and has been for a long time. long time. We'll come back with more in a moment. As we continue with News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors and Brewers Outlet. Great to have you with us. There are two games tonight in college football. Number one will be Buffalo and Northern Illinois and Detroit at Ford Field for the MAC championship. Uh, some interest there because Buffalo is on Penn State's schedule next year. And Buffalo just put turned in a 10-win regular season. And the Pac-12 championship game is tonight on Fox at 8 o'clock with Utah taking on Washington. Tomorrow, you actually have a mix of a couple of regular season games in there, like Drake and Iowa State, and uh, also uh, Cal's playing Stanford tomorrow, believe it or not. Other games include Texas, Oklahoma, that's at noon. Memphis, UCF at 3.30. Alabama, Georgia at 4. Mountain West title, Fresno State, Boise, in Boise on the blue field at 745. Northwestern, Ohio State on Fox at 8. Clemson and Pitt for the ACC title on ABC. Talk about all those games and more coming up. You're wondering what opens the door for Penn State to get to a New Year's Six, which is the Peach Bowl. I would think status quo does it with Ohio State winning big over Northwestern and Oklahoma winning a close game over Texas. They're saying, well, wait a minute, you you want Texas to win, right? No, you don't. And the reason you don't is as follows. Um, If Texas wins, they will go to the Sugar Bowl. Oklahoma will get the at-large New Year's Six. If Oklahoma wins and doesn't make the playoff, Oklahoma goes to the Sugar Bowl and Texas goes someplace else, not in the New Year's Six. That's the reason why it would it would entail two spots in the uh, one Sugar Bowl and one at large being taken by the Big Twelve. If Oklahoma wins, the Big Twelve will get one spot. 
and that would be the Sugar Bowl. That's the reason why. Ohio State Northwestern. We had Dave Bennett on the show yesterday. And Ohio State, of course, this is the heaviest a favorite has been in the Big Ten championship game. Oklahoma, Georgia. I know we have the pick'em segment coming up, but I'll tell you straight out. I think Alabama is not only going to win, they're going to win by double digits. I think Georgia is a year away from really being toe-to-toe with Alabama. I think it's another year for them. I know they're you know being in Atlanta, they're going to be the home team. I got that. But right now, Alabama, they can obviously stop you defensively, but now they can now if you get into a shootout, their offense can outscore you. Tua Tunga Viola is the real deal. It really is amazing that Nick Saban's won all these championships in college football. And this is the best quarterback he's ever had. I mean, how scary is that? Yeah, I mean, you got to give him credit for it. I mean, it's it, but the father picked Alabama. I mean, the kid did not pick Alabama. The father did. I found that to be interesting. That the father's really the one that made the choice. Tua said, okay, that's where you want me to go. That's where we're going to go. Uh, Georgia has one advantage going into this game they did not have a year ago in the championship game. The advantage is, I mean, maybe it's the disadvantage, but the advantage, at least in terms of scouting, is they know Tua Tungaviola is going to play from the outset. Last year, they uh, prepared as if Jalen Hurts was going to be the quarterback. So it's a little bit different preparation for them. By the way, we will actually have the SEC championship game right here on WKOK coverage starting at 4. Yeah, that game will be at the Mercedes-Benz Dome, which, by the way, is the home of the Peach Bowl. But, you know, Penn State fans are saying, who do we root for? Root for a close game with Oklahoma winning. Root for for Alabama. Root for Ohio State to win big. That's the pathway, I think, to get to the Peach Bowl. The Peach Bowl people would love to have Penn State there, believe me. They want they want the crowd to come down. They want to be part of Penn State's never been to it. Penn State hasn't played in Atlanta in 52 years. And played in Atlanta 52 years in football. Obviously, I've done I've done a lot of basketball games there. <laughs> I've done a lot of basketball games in Atlanta. I've done games at the old Omni the old Georgia Dome and uh, Alexander Coliseum on camp on the Georgia Tech's campus did a Cuppenheimer Classic Penn State Georgia at the old Omni which is now Phillips Arena they tore it down they rebuilt it I've been at Phillips for a Spurs Hawks game um, and the first half of the doubleheader was Georgia Tech okay against uh, Kentucky. That was the year Kentucky lost to Duke in that memorable game. It was the Kuppenheimer Classic. And Georgia Tech led by 20 in the second half. Rick Pitino got thrown out. And Herb Sendek took over as the coach the rest of the way. Kentucky came back, and Jamal Mashburn took a three-point shot at the top of the key to 
to win it. It was long. Then I done a NIT game and an ACC Challenge game up at Georgia Tech. I did an NCAA tournament game in the Georgia Dome against Temple, but no football games in Atlanta. All right, picks coming up. I've already told you which way I'm going on one game. Now we're going to get the. I mean, Sean made a special trip in just to tell us exactly what his record is. So it's just so suit like. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury. The Beverage Supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and not every day. The bags are right there at the register. And the pickle bar. Yes, indeed. Let's say it all together now. Led by the barrels of the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Sean, welcome. Great to have you back. Hey, stranger. How you been? Doing very, very well. Good. And now we welcome in the king. <laughs> what a week we had. All of you who followed our lead last week lost a lot of money. I was concerned one That's of those a... weeks. We were going to have one of those weeks. Nice pass, Big uh, Ben. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. Oh, my gosh. How about last night? I didn't Dallas see that. Oh, last night was amazing. No, didn't see that. Dallas' defense, man, they were they were just so physical. Holy mackerel. So now what? Hey, you know what I was thinking about the other day? Actually, last night. Do you remember Hall High School? Of course I do. It lost to them on the opening game of the season in 1975, 44-6. Yeah, that's the game I was thinking of. Okay? We we had like 30 guys on our team, or maybe 40, and they yeah. show up on a Monday afternoon with four buses. And we're like, holy crap, look at that. And we're getting a living tar beat out of us, and our cheerleaders are chanting, pushing back, pushing back, way back. I know, I remember. <laughs> like, it's 40 to nothing in the second quarter. <laughs> oh, I remember uh, our cheerleaders. We want a touchdown, infield touchdown. Yeah. It was it was in the fourth quarter of the game, and we're getting our doors blown off. We just wanted to second. gain a yard. <laughs> right. And I looked around, and I, I finally turned around and said, you know, we don't have the ball. I don't. <laughs> we were on defense <laughs> at the time. Okay, great. Uh, good old Enfield High. So, Steve Lamont says hi. So. Oh, great guy. He, he, he was the end that lined up right next to me all the time. He could he play. Was, he was a good player. Oh, he's a great athlete. Yeah. So, uh, he's a good guy. I do a lot of work with him now. So. Uh. Anyway, so 
getting my buck kicked again. Buck kicked last week. I'm almost winning my other pool, like last week. The Giants, nineteen to three, they're winning. I'm like, wow, I am, I am in the bag because nobody else in the pool took the Giants. They lose. So, almost winning. Was there money involved? No, I don't bet money on it. It's a pool you pay money to be in. But there's like say, 35 it's... people, and if you win the week, you win 165 bucks. If it's money involved, this is one of two things. You're either winning or losing. There's no such thing as almost. Yeah, I know. So the week before, I lost by one point. <laughs> one like, point. It's like you're trying I'm, to put. Po- I was sick. It's like you're trying like... to put uh, first aid cream on the salve so it can slowly go away. Yep. <laughs> I just, oh, it kills you when somebody misses a field goal. Or I think I forgot who it was, but they won with a field goal with no time left. There went my one point. Bad I'm beat. Like, oh, man. Last year I won it three times. This year I can't get out of my own way. So what are you going to do? And now I'm 15 points behind because I took New Orleans last night. Oh, we're all hurting after that one. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty upset yeah. with that one, too. No one saw that coming. I, I, I Come on. I'm hurting from an Eagles and fantasy perspective last night. From what the Saints, I, I picked. Do. I picked it. I picked it right. <laughs> 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 no, I didn't. That's a good one. Although you know they're due, they're, they're due to throw out a butt. I thought the physicality of Dallas's defense was off the charts. They were beating them up. Drew Brees was never comfortable in the pocket at all. And that's because they were what, what they to play that game last yeah, night. Yeah, but what what they did was is that they did the Brady formula. They came straight up the middle at him, and Max Unger and the two guards did not have a good night at all. And they came straight up the middle because Breeze loves to step up in the pocket, and when you're six feet tall in this league, you need to step up and create your throwing lane because they were up in his face. He could not step up, and there was never a safe throwing lane for him. Okay, I'm just a dumb fan, you know. Well, it's about time you How long has Drew Brees been in the league? <laughs> two and a half years to do that on this show. <laughs> but how long has Drew Brees been in the league? It's the NFL. They, they, Dallas figured out how to stop him? No, He's no, no. They were just like 18 miles. No, no, no. No, no. The reason the reason was is that Dallas last night did a great job of exploiting matchups. I mean, that's what it's all about is matchups. Yeah. Because yeah. New Orleans, for the most part, matches up really well with most teams in that area. But Dallas did a good job last night. Jalen Smith's a little more athletic than some of the other guys that played. So when they blitzed him, I mean, that's what they did. New Orleans just did not have a good night up front to help yeah. him out. I mean that that's it that's what it's about. It has nothing to do with every everybody in the league knows what to do. Everybody in the league knows that if you get in Brady's face, he's going to be relatively ineffective. He always has been like that. Everybody knows that. Well, sometimes it happens and Brady's ineffective. Most of the time it doesn't. Well, that's the same thing with Breeze. Most of the time it doesn't happen. Last night it did. Yeah. Cuz they couldn't even run the ball. They could do no. nothing. You know, nope. imagine Dallas if they get Sean Lee back. Yeah. Holy moly! Well, Van Der Esch is playing really well. I give him credit. Yeah, real well. Yeah. That kid's yep. good. Yeah. So that puts Dallas back on the map because it doesn't really matter what your record is; it's how you're playing at the end. 
Well, look, I mean, the Giants were a sixth seed. They won the Super Bowl. The Packers were a sixth seed. They won the Super Bowl. The Steelers were a sixth seed. They won the Super Bowl. The whole point is get into the tournament. Once you do, you can do damage. And be healthy. Well, now yeah, makes you got to be healthy. Makes next two yeah. weeks for Philly very crucial. You know, Washington and Dallas back to back, right, Matt? Yeah, no question. Be, if, yeah. if they lose the Dallas game, it's over. But to be honest with you, they don't match up well with Dallas. No, I, I agree. I mean, if I had to pick that game you know, two weeks prior to it, I would say I would still pick Dallas and, and this one because of the injuries the Eagles have had. And quite frankly, they have been good stopping the run. They've been up and down with that the last two weeks. They got creamed again from Saquon Barkley before the Giants forgot about him in the second half last week. Oh, yeah. man, just don't even go there. I will never God, understand that. How dumb that. can you be? The guy has a career day in the first half. You don't give him the ball in the second half. I just, I, I never I, understand this. This is all you do for a living. It's all you do for a living. You can't figure out what we're seeing. I mean, that's, that's I, I find it bizarre. I, I was just so peed off. I was just like, give him the ball. Oh, he's a great blocker. Well, whoopie do, you know? Yeah, give. Yeah, he's a better running back than blocker. I can guarantee you. I know. Well, I know. What's first the formula hand. Dallas has used in the last month? They finally gave the ball back to Zico Elliott. Sure. They stopped giving exactly. him the ball. They couldn't do anything. Exactly. And now that, geez, somebody upstairs said, hey, you know what? Let's give him the ball. You know, he's really, really good, so why not let him try? I, uh, I don't I, – I, I want a coach in the NFL. I would just say give him the ball until he can't run anymore. You know, until they prove they can stop him, he's getting the ball. That's it. We're not right. going to try and finesse our way. You know, let's trick him and not give him the ball. So, All right. Anyway, I got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have our records for you guys, I should say, after 13 weeks. So we got Sean leading the way at 55 and 19, Steve at 48 and 26, and then Kevin at 41 and 33 as we head into this week. I'm proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I failed, but I worked hard. <laughs> All right, oh, and boy. I'll throw my two cents in this week, too. So let's start with. The Pac-12 championship tonight, Utah against Washington. Let's start with Sean, who's in the house. Okay, well, the Utah quarterback, Tyler Huntley, he is out tonight, so I'm going to take Washington. Steve? It is a rematch. Nothing like a rematch, really. It intrigues and makes the soul so much better. Uh, That's why Oklahoma, Texas has all the intrigue of Lint. Uh, (laughs) Same thing with this. Uh, I'm going to go with Washington to win the game in Santa Clara tonight. Yes? Uh, you had to be impressed with Washington last week, taking easily taking care of Washington State. So you did Washington. Yeah, I, I like Washington's running game. I'm, I'm going to take uh, Washington to win this game too. All right, next one: the Big Twelve Championship tomorrow at noon. Texas and Oklahoma rematch of the Red River rivalry. Texas won the first matchup. We'll start with Steve. Uh, Oklahoma, to its credit, had 5,272 turnovers in the first game. Uh, I, think they'll, okay. I'll, I think they'll reduce that by 5,271 and only turn it over once or twice tomorrow. They will beat Texas, and they'll win by 10 points, but they'll give up 35 at minimum because their defense is really an abomination to college football. 
<laughs> Sean? Yeah, Kyler Murray, he did have two interceptions in the last matchup, so I think he will play better tomorrow. And as me and all the other Penn State fans are hoping for a good tight ball game. And uh, I'm going to also take uh, Oklahoma to win. Gav? I just had epiphany. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Careful. I got Texas. I like it. I got Texas, too. I don't trust Oklahoma's defense. This time of the year, you got to be able to rely on your defense and get a stop when you need to late in games. They didn't do that in the first matchup. I don't care what offense Oklahoma has. You have to get at least one stop on defense in these types of games. I'm going with Texas for the sweep and upset this week. I mean, mean, in the the Big 12, hey, all the punters are walk-ons because they only punt three times a year. <laughs> I mean, there's no there's no punter on scholarship in the Big 12. Can't be. If you do, you've wasted the scholarship. You should give it to a wideout. How about that game <laughs> last week with West Virginia? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Ivan Mazel and I were just on talking about this. We both found the game to be unwatchable. Yeah, there was absolutely no defense at all. Right. Uh, I, I, I don't Abs- know. Absolutely not. I mean, nothing. I mean, defensive guys in the Big 12 aren't even mad when they go to the sideline. If I'm a defensive guy giving up points, I'm I'm mad as heck. All right? Mad. They walk off the field like, oh, well, gave it a shot. Offense will get it back. Okay. Great. That's a great attitude, F. We'll change the court. We'll change. A lot of the NFL is the same way. The Rams, they don't play defense. He's playing Kansas City. They all give up a ton of points. Yeah, the Rams oh. was just that one game, though. I, I think they, I think they're still pretty good defensively. Who the Rams? I, I think you can throw on them a little bit. I know they get to keep to lead back this week against Detroit, so I, I think you can exploit some of those matchups in their secondary a little bit, especially against Marcus Peters. But I, I still think this is a good. I think that good that Rams front yeah. seven still one, good enough again, to win you some games. Let's get to a previous sentence. They're playing Detroit this week, so whatever <laughs> they do, so whatever they do against That's Detroit true. is a mirage. <laughs> Although I do think if if Detroit somehow can get the run game going, which I don't think they no. can, I think they're going to lose handily in this game. But if they no. somehow get that run game going, which has been no. good for them at times this year, no. then maybe they'll they can play crushed. ball control. But I don't think that's going to happen. Get, yeah, I agree. they'll get they'll get crushed. Yeah. I mean, Golf will do, be doing kneel downs in the third quarter. <laughs> I'm going to say the same thing I said last week. Lawrence Taylor changed football. Lawrence Taylor's teams never gave up 20, 30, 40 points a game. I don't know who Donald is. I've never seen the guy do anything. But for the money he's making, he does not change a game at all. I don't – you got Sue and Donald on that line. They should be giving up no more than 14 points a game. And that's not the case. They're always in a shootout. They were in a shootout against New Orleans – Drew Brees did whatever he wanted that game. Yep. Uh, you never heard Donald's name mentioned. Uh, that didn't happen with the great players. Who's a great one for the Eagles? Uh, who he passed away? Reggie White. Reggie White. Reggie White. Sure. Yeah. Reggie White. Yeah. He changed the game. You didn't do that against his defense, and that's yeah. not the case with these guys. They, I don't know, not. Uh, that's why they won't win a Super Bowl. So I don't think. Well, they got a chance to at least get the number one seed back. Yeah, uh, this this week if they do get the win. But we'll go back to college real quick. SEC championship, Alabama against Georgia. We're gonna have that game on WKOK. Let's start with Kevin. Oh, Alabama. Steve. Not only will Alabama win, they'll win by double digits. Okay. 
I like it. John? Even though Tua is not 100%, a 95 Oh, for goodness <laughs> sakes. Tua could be 75%. They win by double digits. Absolutely. There's lots of teams that would love to have a 75% uh, healthy Tua as quarterback. Well, his so. backup would be an All-American if he played. So I believe the two of their hurting. So. Yeah, I'm taking Alabama, too. Just as I mentioned before, Saban's already dangerous as a coach, the best coach in college football history. Now he's got a quarterback, the best he's ever had. I, I can see Tua just lining it up. Uh, tomorrow afternoon. Save is the best coach in this era, not in history. So yeah, yeah let's go with that exactly. Uh, okay, in this era, because every era is different because of how the national champion is determined. They're all different, and he's he's caught a couple of big breaks to win national titles where he didn't win divisions or SEC titles or anything like that, and still got in and had a shot at it. So I mean, Played you know, he's been too. yeah, he, he's been great. He's been great, but he's been great in this era. All right, so we got Big Ten now, the big one for at least for around here, Northwestern oh, oh, and Ohio, Ohio State. Ohio State, huge. All right, Kevin. I was impressed with what they did last week to Michigan. There's no question. It makes me sad to say it, but Ohio State. John? And Urban, and Urban will not back off. That's true. <laughs> they, will, they won't take a knee. <laughs> I got to thinking of, uh, Steve, your conversation with Audrey Snyder yesterday. It sounds like Texas-Oklahoma could be the best game of the bunch tomorrow, and the rest could be duds, including this game. Ohio State easy. Yeah, I took Ohio State easy, too. Just I don't think Northwestern's just not even remotely talented enough to uh, hang with them, so I'll take Ohio State. Well, let's go to the NFL now. Big one, 425, nationally televised on Fox on Sunday. The Vikings and the Patriots. Let's start with Sean. All right, Tom Brady is off the injury list. Not that that means anything, but uh, <laughs> Patriots. Yeah, I always ignore that, Steve. <laughs> uh, Vikings. Ooh. How, what's your uh, – do you think the defense will get there? Zimmer's got a game plan. I don't need a reason. All right. <laughs> Go by feel. Yeah, I like no, it too. All no, right. Kev? No, I'm just. I I think defensively the Vikings will match actually match up well with the Patriots. Okay, I like it. I agree with Steve 100. Uh, percent wow. Patriots are off this year. Um, Vikings are very good defensively. Last week the Patriots struggled with the Jets, and that's after the Jets could, got beat up the week before by. A quarterback who had only been with the team for two days. So, but there were um, two really good days, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Jets stink, and they gave the Patriots everything they wanted. I watched the game, and I was like, "Wow, the Patriots!" I mean, if Gronk is yeah. playing, and you know, but it's also I wouldn't it's be also shocked if the Patriots won. But I think the Vikings win the game. Vikings may be a dome team, but it's going to be warm Sunday. Yeah, the weather's good here. Yep. I am going with New England with Sean. I I think Cordell Patterson is going to have a really big game this week. I think uh, Mike Zimmer actually said it best in his press conference on Wednesday that he's been impressed with the way Bill Belichick and the and the coaching staff has used him this year when Josh McDaniels and the offensive staff. So I think Patterson might have a pretty big game. So I'm taking the Patriots. Next one we have Sunday Night Football, which we'll have right here on WKOK. The Chargers and the Steelers, a big one now for the Steelers all of a sudden. We'll start with Sean. And also we'll have it on 100.9 The Valley Sunday night for the Steelers fans, 620 airtime. Uh, Gordon's out for the Chargers, so yeah, this should be a fun shootout between Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, of course, you know who I'm going with. We're going with the Steelers. Gav? I got Steelers, although they really 
teed me off last week. Oh, I, me too. I think they'll, because it's in Pittsburgh, they'll win the game. And Steve? I'll make two predictions. The Steelers will win the game. And Ben will criticize three teammates. <laughs> oh, He's a piece of work, huh? <laughs> I'm going to take Pittsburgh as well to bounce okay. back. Okay. okay, the defensive lineman picked off the pass, Ben. That was actually your fault. Yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> got it? Okay, I don't want to hear about it. A.B. should have flattened out his route. What, he would have flattened it out and what? Run into the defensive lineman that you threw it to? So it would have made it incomplete because A.B. could break it up? <laughs> and then finally, we got the Eagles. He acts like we he acts like we don't watch the games. Well, okay, yeah. I, I like to play call to begin with in general. But all right, then finally yeah. we have Monday Night Football. Eagles, Eagles, and Redskins. Steve's got the Eagles. Eagle, Sean. Eagles, Eagles for me. Yep. I got the Eagles as well to bounce back here on WKOK and on uh, Eagle One Hundred Seven as well with Maryland Mike. So there we got have it. A, Lock them in for have this a week. Good week, guys. You too, yep. Kevin. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Get those Brewers Outlet gift cards. Stock up for the weekend. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you Monday.